This is the Nostalgic Future Podcast, where the past is the only way forward. We're two guys in our 40s watching the world pass us by, and we know the only way we'll ever be relevant again is to somehow convince everyone to be as passionate as we are about our pop culture obsessions. We are your hosts, Joe Cook and Chris Marchand, and today is part two of our 2023 Pop Culture Resolutions. Pop culture New Year's resolutions. This is our our second episode. We decided to to split it into two. There's enough to talk about. I mean, I I hope people are enjoying these discussions. I I hope our ideas are sparking your own ideas. What's coming into mind when the the things that you want to do? You you know, I have to admit, there's there's a great TV show. Great TV show that I love. It's a new TV show, right? Something new. It's called Reservation Dogs. Reservation Dogs, love it. It's it's a it's one of the most unique comedies that I've seen in the last year. Welcome to our annual youth summit. We've got some great sessions planned today. Uh, also, you got to stay to the end to get your gift card. I want to acknowledge our Neanderthal relatives. Before that, the Dinosaur Nation, Dinosaur Oyate. So, where are you from? My body grew up in the Bay Area, but my spirit lives with my ancestors. Cool. This land is your land. We are still here. <laughs> You know what? I have a little bit of lingering guilt about Reservation Dogs. I What have I gotten to? I think I've completed seven episodes of their second season, meaning I think I've got three episodes left. What What am I doing? What am I doing? How did I leave these last three episodes just hanging in the air? You know, I I feel like, you know, Sterling Harjo, he's the he's the director, writer of the book, of the show. I know he's just sitting in his house right now going, when is that Chris Marchand going to finish season two of my show? And uh, so our pop culture resolutions are those things that just bug us, that we we know we've been wanting to do. This is not big life-changing stuff, but like Joe said in the first episode, these are fun things. These are things we want to do. This this should not be a slog. And yet, for some reason, we haven't quite gotten to them, right? My, my first episode is I, I brought my, my big uh, suitcase of my music biographies that I haven't gotten to. It's like... Well, all right. All right. Let's make some changes. Let's get to one of those. Joe, any thoughts as we open up today? Well, you were talking about reservation dogs and it was just making me think, you know, like, cause I've done that so many times. You know how many times I've started a show, got well into a show and then like, I'll watch an episode of something else. And then I forget about the first show and I move on and I move on. It's like, Oh, I met the new cool kid. I ditched, you know, my friend, uh, you know, and I feel I, I feel a sense of kind of guilt about that, too. And uh, and at the same time, you know, the other thing that I, I also find myself doing too much is like, well, for example, right now, uh, you know, there are so many new shows. You've mentioned Reservation Dogs to me multiple times and uh and told me you really thought i would uh enjoy it on, on top of the fact i mean i actually lived on a reservation for four years so like you would think that would be a show i would just jump to and gravitate toward 
But I'm, I no, instead, I'm busy re-watching The Office again. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like, why do I do that? You know, sometimes there's, you know, there's just maybe comfort and familiarity. And uh, I will say, though, I am uh, re-watching The Office. But this time, I'm, 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 for the first time, I'm watching it with my son. And so I do enjoy re-watching a show and kind of getting to see it through his eyes. You know, because for him, getting to experience that for the first time, it's almost kind of a reminder of what it was like for me when I watched it the first time around. Yeah. You know, I hate to get off on a rabbit trail. You've never finished The Office, right? That's another one you never finished, right? <laughs> yeah, I gave up on it. I gave up on The Office for sure. I think around right when Michael Scott left, I was like, yeah, okay. You know, Jim and Pam, they love each other, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So <laughs> can I can I tell you something? Uh, yeah. I Because I have... I, I wouldn't say I've ever argued with you that uh, I, I, I have defended the last two seasons with you. And um, while I do think there are some great moments in the last few years, I have to admit rewatching it right now. Yeah. There's a noticeable drop in quality. And in fact, I'll even go as far as saying uh, there's a kind of a noticeable drop in quality, even during Michael Scott's last two seasons that I, don't think I really realized the first time around. Maybe I was just too busy just enjoying it week to week to, you know, but binging it is a kind of a different experience. This is the first time I've watched it in years. And uh, anyway, that is uh, totally like has nothing to do with anything that we're here to talk about today. But I, I was just I wanted to just tell you, I think uh, you were right and I was wrong. Oh, uh, it's not me being wrong. It's a matter of I lost interest and I just didn't want to take the time to keep watching walked away the show ends and then what a decade goes by the question is it's it's not a matter of resentment for me it's just a matter of do i want to rewatch the office do i want to revisit it or do i want to move on to something else or or like you do like i if you want to talk about guilt uh i started to rewatch breaking bad and i got about uh, two seasons in and i just forgot again and and it's like you know come on Come on, you know, there's priorities and then there's priorities. You got to you got to you got to rewatch Breaking Bad. And uh, so it's things like that where, you know, we just we, we all we all make our decisions. We all we all make our beds and lie in it, you know. <laughs> um, now, so as far as resolutions go, though, uh, yeah, I've, I've got a couple more. And I want me to want me to share my next resolution. You've got two more and I've got one more. And I'm really curious about this one. This the, I you know, you told me a little bit about this. This is a different one. You, you, I think you get the the award for most unique resolution, and this is this is a cool one. I've heard about this. You know, some people they fix cars, they tinker in their garage. You know, they they have projects, house projects. They do gardening. Joe, what's your project? Okay, so a few years back, my parents were visiting, and my dad dropped some stuff off in my storage unit. And so I went over there, you know, early last year and I pulled out uh, boxes and boxes of like a few hundred uh, VHS tapes and Betamax tapes. And with it was our original Sony Betamax VCR that my dad bought when I was four years old. And it worked. (laughs) <laughs> uh which was impressive i have to i mean you got to give it to sony there uh because this thing's almost 40 years old and it still works so i uh, i pulled all that stuff out and i pulled all the tapes out and 
I've little by little kind of like, I haven't really gone through them, but in the past year I have every once in a while, we'll just pull a tape off the shelf. And as a family, we'll watch a, a movie that was taped when I was a kid. And that's been fun. And then I got really weird with it. I went on Amazon and I, I ordered all sorts of like little adapters and things. Uh, and, and I figured out how to tape from streaming onto Betamax, uh, which was no simple feat, but I have it working well. Uh, and so then I taped uh, Better Call Saul uh, season six on beta last year. And I taped uh, like the entire series of Stranger Things. I wonder if that's something bizarrely that you could like sell. You'd be like $500, the, the finale of Better Call Saul on Betamax, just as some bizarre kind of, you know, collector's uh, item. I don't know. Uh, I can make it an, uh, an NFT, maybe. Yeah. yeah, this could be a way to make some serious money. You know, Stranger Things on Betamax. You know, that's does, great. Does that work, though? I still don't fully know what an NFT is. I think that that could be one, right, though? An object can be one, right? Well, a Betamax can't be an NFT because what I gather is the NFTs are typically digital. So it would be like me as an artist only giving one of my songs like a digital version of my song or a digital work of art, something that is transferable, like a download, but it's only accessible for a few people. And that's why they're expensive. Okay. So if I put Better Call Saul from digital onto Betamax, and then I transfer the Betamax version back to digital, that could be the NFT. That could be the NFT. And then if they found out, you could get sued because you're selling their own TV show. <laughs> but hey, you know, you never know. Uh, Stranger Things works oddly well on beta when it, you know, just kind of with having that crappier look. Yeah. It makes it feel even more Spielbergian. Yeah, for sure. So I, I did that and I was doing that for a while. And then obviously the big task that I have not really dove into is, you know, these are 40 year old tapes. Most of them are in pretty good shape, but some of them are wearing out. Oddly enough, I have to say that the Betamax tapes are in better shape than the VHS tapes, which many of them are much newer. Um, I mean, like in some cases, like 20 years newer and they're de they've degraded more than the beta tapes. So, um, I have come to, you know, after all these years, I, I have an opinion on the uh, the great VCR war of the late 80s, the wrong system one, <laughs> because I think the beta really was built a lot better and they were higher quality, in, at least in my experience and just, you know, how my tapes have held up. But the big job ahead of me that I want to do and my resolution this year is I want to digitize an archive all of my uh, VHS and, and Betamax tapes. And my goal I've set for myself is I want to do one tape a week. I just want to digitize an archive, one tape a week. And so I want to try to knock out about 50 of them this year. And it'll take me, if I keep going, several years to get them all done. But it's something that I want to do and I enjoy doing, but I've just never taken the time to do it. And over the last couple of weeks, I've really been thinking about it a lot. Like, you know, well, like I enjoy doing this. Why aren't I taking the time to do this? You know, this thing that I, you know, that a lot of people wouldn't enjoy, but I do. You know, it's a fun, weird little hobby, but I, uh, I, I want to 
commit to giving myself the time, a little bit of time every week to work on these. And uh, and then what I want to do with the archive is, I mean, obviously this is all like much of it anyway, is really extremely copyrighted stuff. So there's only so much I can do with it, but I, would, I do want to put some clips on YouTube. I've already started in the last week. Uh, putting a bunch of clips up from stuff that I've uh, that I've digitized and uh, maybe put some stuff up on uh, archive.org. I, I think I'm going to start an account on there. And uh, so, yeah, that is that's my resolution. Yeah. The, the video that you posted this week is kind of out of this world. It's this local news clip. I think local. It's not national. And it's decrying the coming dystopia known as hdtv and it's like this local news station is like be aware american people they're going to change our televisions on us tonight we're making an issue of what's soon going to be happening to your television set in a word it's going to become obsolete get ready for future vision better known as high definition television or hdtv with a sharper picture and sound to match a cd it may seem great but as kyw3's walt hunter reports there are some drawbacks be afraid, be very afraid. It's going to cost us, the station, millions to convert. So you should be terrified because we have to spend money to do this. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what I'll, I'll say is that a lot of times when I was uh, a kid, um, I would do this. And also my dad would do this too. Um, my dad taped Columbo, like, huh. like religiously. My dad was a big Columbo fan. And we had a, a local Fox affiliate that ran Columbo late at night. We now return to the mystery movie. Hey, Lieutenant Columbo to see you, sir. Yes, ask him to come in. Thank you, Edwards. Yes, sir. Oh, Lieutenant, I'd like to apologize for this morning, but I I must tell you honestly, I don't remember a thing about last night. Oh, I understand, sir. Forgive the condition of the room, but I'm redecorating. More questions, Lieutenant? Or are you here to press some kind of charge? Well, sir, you see... Uh... We traced the gun. My gun. It was my gun, wasn't it? Yes, sir. We were able to trace it to you. Yeah, I knew that. When I looked in the car and the glove compartment, I saw that my gun was missing. Well, obviously, someone stole it. Doesn't look that way, sir. The only fingerprints that we were able to find on the handle of that gun were Mr. Greenleaf's. There were no other prints on the gun. <laughs> That's it, isn't it? Alan walked out on me, took his latest book to another publisher, and I suppose... And in anger, I killed him. And so a lot of times what my dad would do is he would put the tape in and he would record it and then he'd go to bed. And so afterward, you find all sorts of weird stuff after Columbo was over. And I would do the same thing. And so what ended up happening would I would tape a show or something on at eight o'clock and or nine o'clock or whatever. And inevitably, I would end up getting lots of these local newscasts. And I grew up in South Jersey, so we were all... All of our local news was out of Philadelphia. So, um, you know, NBC, ABC, and CBS were the, you know, the main ones. Uh, what I'm discovering as I go through the tapes is I have a lot of local newscasts at the end of the tapes. And the one you're talking about is this bizarre news piece from, I think it's from May of 1992. So basically what it is, is they were like spotlighting the drawbacks of HDTV. Next year, the FCC will make new rules for HDTV. In 1998, the first programs will air, and by 2008, HDTV will be the only thing you'll see. They're given the timeline how next year, you know, the FCC is going to require this, and then by 
uh, by 98, we're going to have to start, you know, producing content in HD. And then by 2008, or as they put it, 2008, everything is going to have to be completely switched over to high definition television. And uh, it's hilarious because then they go and they, they, they go to this, I don't know what it is. It's like a convention or something where they're showing HD TV screens and there's people there watching and seeing HD TV for the first time ever. Now this is when you and I are 11 years old. So yeah. like, I certainly never saw HD TV for over a decade after this. While Japan has had HD TV for a few years, the only place an American can see it is at a special exhibit like this one. Not everyone was impressed. I wouldn't say that it's a great improvement. I think it's that much different than normal TV. It's like a World's Fair thing, you know. It's like it's like come see the TVs of tomorrow, you know. Like it's like they're all in this this little presentation and stuff. It's it's really funny. <laughs> yeah, at one at one point in the the news piece, they uh they referenced the uh the the movie Total Recall. Oh yeah, that's right, that's right. Mars administrator Vilos Kohagen. Remember the movie Total Recall? Arnold Schwarzenegger showed us an HD TV screen can dominate your dining room. But the real thing isn't future stuff. It's right around the corner. So anyway, they're at this like World's Fair of television and they're interviewing people. But the the local news people, um, because they clearly like this is a hit piece on HDTV <laughs> and they clearly like don't they want you, the audience, to be afraid of it. And they want you writing your congressman or something, you know, to, to let them know you don't want this horrible HD television. Uh, they're only like interviewing people who said they weren't impressed by it. Like, <laughs> I think that's one of my I have two favorite moments. And one of them is like this one lady and she's like, well, I don't think it looks any better than my regular television. And it's like I'm sitting here today, 2023. You know, last time I went into Costco, when you go into Costco, it's just like a, an entire massive display of various HGTVs. And they it's it's a whole world of like being overwhelmed of how amazing those televisions are. It's like who wouldn't want that? <laughs> But it's what's funny about it. So, like, I just love her little, like, her attitude. She just shrugs it off. Ah, who needs it? The other funny part is they're like, they are currently selling HGTVs in Japan, though the sticker shock, it's for $12,000. <laughs> and I just like, I love how they use that. And while the Japanese may have great pictures, they're also paying a great price for it. In Japan, uh, the sets start at about $12,000. Ken Adelberg, owner of Hi-Fi House, predicts that as with CDs and other advances, the price will come down. The first system will cost you about $3,000. Would you pay $3,000 to get a set to see that? No way. <laughs> they use that to like make everybody afraid. Everybody's thinking, $12,000? You know? Like... <laughs> well, I, I thought the, the, the most subtle part of it that to me is hilarious is that Obviously, my local news broadcast it was in 1992 was not in high definition television. We were watching it on old tube TV, you know, and yet in the news piece, they're showing HD TV screens that to the audience, of course, don't look any better because we're watching it on, you know, 1991 uh, yeah, technology. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. Yeah, they, they, they duped us, right? If we're looking at it going, yeah, you're right. It doesn't look any better, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, you know very very subtle but yeah you gotta, you gotta give them credit for that the one thing i thought was interesting uh about it was uh in two or three shots though again we're not getting to see it in high def 
we are getting to see glimpses of what footage they were showing. And I thought it was interesting that they were showing footage of the World Trade Center, the Twin Towers, because there really isn't much high definition footage of those buildings. So it was just kind of interesting to know that they were actually using those footage uh, of those buildings to kind of sell HDTV to uh, to people in the early 90s. Well, Joe, you'll have to keep us updated. You know, you know I mean, again, it, it, this almost sounds like a, a regular television show or a podcast unto itself, but you'll have to keep us updated on, on any any of the little gems, the hidden gems you found along the way. Yeah, I, I think it would make a great segment. You know, I could come on and find whatever weird little thing I find. I can call myself the beta male. It would, uh, you know. <laughs> that, that needs to be the YouTube channel, the beta male. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I like it. All right, Chris, what is your uh, next resolution? Yeah, here's my last resolution. I think this is playing into my theme, my kind of my ongoing theme. Slow down, immerse yourself into something you love. Do something that maybe you haven't done for a while. I think another pressure of maybe the streaming age that we're living in is always moving on to something new and always the pressure. It's like, hey, out of the 10 movies and the 10 TV shows that were released today, which ones are you going to see? Because you better see all of them. And I, you know, like you said, you, you, you've been watching The Office and, you know, just immersing yourself in something you love. Here's my my main resolution here. To take a movie that I have seen and that I love and to watch every single extra that the, whether it's Blu-ray or DVD, that is 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 in the package uh, that I that I've purchased, right? And you know, I mean, maybe some people know this. Less and less movies are doing extras anymore. So you can, sometimes you might have to find them. Maybe it's an older film, but I want to sit there. Like I, I want to take a movie I've already seen, and I want to watch the commentary. You know, the nice ones they have two commentaries. You know, they'll have a commentary with the director and the producers, and they'll have a commentary with the cast and stuff. So anyway, I want to find a movie with a nice commentary, and then watch all the specials behind the scenes uh, making of uh, little clips that they offer. And uh, one of my candidates is the Fallout Mission Impossible film. I own all six movies. Uh, current six movies on Blu-ray and the sixth one, Fallout, contains a decent amount of extras and an extra disc. We went to beautiful locations. The scope of the film is enormous and I think the story wants that. Every Mission Impossible has led to this one. I love these characters. You have a group of great actors hitting their stride. Mission Impossible is about practical action. They're not easy to make. Rolling! Three, two, one, action! shot on a green screen you never would have gotten what we were able to get and so you know i'm just hoping to have fun with that i might also do uh one of the prequel star wars prequel films and uh you know you reminded me that you know george lucas's commentaries are kind of interesting this was uh done in the style of a 1930s um saturday matinee serial which were usually in 12 episodes 
everything is done in that style. Um, everything from the acting to the design of the crawl to the, even the story elements are based on a, a particular style that was very very prevalent in the 30s. And so that that really you know piqued my interest. I thought, yeah, maybe I'll do that. I have those on Blu-ray as well. Maybe I'll sit there and watch uh, Revenge of the Sith and watch all the extras and all that. You know, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Slow down, watch the whole thing. You know. I think this is a great resolution. I uh, I love this because you know, in some ways, in the streaming age, we've given up so much. We've you know we've sacrificed, and you know, like the DVD era, it really it didn't last very long. All things considered, you know, like in the late '90s, these things sort of came on the scene. I don't think I got my first DVD player till maybe 2000, and then by the early you know 2010s we were making the switch over to streaming and I really enjoyed, you know, DVD extras and, and, and especially commentary tracks. I always really enjoyed a good commentary track. And I was thinking of, uh, you know, shows that I love, like I, I mean, breaking bad, you know, certainly one of my favorite shows of all time. I've never, you know, heard any of the commentary tracks. I've never seen the extras that are on the Blu-rays for that set. And I know, like, I would get so much out of that. And I was thinking of the um, the last time I really dove into a TV show on DVD was probably, um, of all things, My Name is Earl. You know the kind of guy who does nothing but bad things and then wonders why his life sucks? Well, that was me. Every time something good happened to me, something bad was always waiting around the corner. Karma. That's when I realized I had to change. So I made a list of everything bad I've ever done, and one by one I'm going to make up for all my mistakes. I'm just trying to be a better person. My name is Earl. Which is one of my favorite shows of all time, and I think part of the reason I love it so much is because the... Um, the DVD commentaries for that show were tremendous. I listened to all of them, uh, you know, for the whole series, and they were just wonderful. Uh, with uh, you know, with Greg Garcia, the creator, and and Jason Lee was on a lot of them. And they would bring different cast members in, and I got so much more out of a show that I already loved by all the little like just things that they would you know bring to the table, all these little extra tidbits and, and behind the scenes info. They were just thoroughly enjoyable. And then I was thinking about it, and I can't remember the last time I've listened to or watched a commentary for a movie or a show or, or anything. It's been like, it's probably been a decade. And that was something I really did enjoy doing. You mentioned the Star Wars. I loved those George Lucas commentaries uh, back in the day. I, I know he did them for all the prequels, and I feel like maybe he did them for the first three films as well. Yeah. Unless I'm I'm mistaken on that, do you, do you know? I don't own the first three films in like a normal format, so I just don't even know. I don't I don't have that, so I would be interested to know. Maybe I should buy them and you know see at some point. <laughs> and you know I do have the Blu-ray box sets for the you know all of those films. <laughs> the only Star Wars movie I don't own is Rise of Skywalker. Me too. Which, Me too. Guess, the only one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I was looking on the back of my uh, my Mission Impossible thing here and. Indeed, at least for two of the films, you get a commentary with Christopher McQuarrie and Tom Cruise uh, for the last two Mission Impossible films. If you've ever wanted to spend, you know, a good two to four hours hanging out with Tom Cruise, this would be my chance, right? Like, I, I, I'm going to feel like I'm gonna be like, you know, buddy, buddy with Tom Cruise, you know, but by the end of it, we're going to know each other. Uh, 
I, I like to make a joke out of my love of Tom Cruise, and everybody everybody knows it, you know? I still think that if you want to hang out with Tom Cruise, you need to plan on, because you know he's going to film that movie in space, right? Can I go with him? Yeah. Well, you got to drive down here, man, and we got to camp out in, in my front yard and watch them blast Tom Cruise off the uh, <laughs> off the planet. Oh, yeah, there you go. Oh, he better come back safe. I'm telling you, I, I want that. The, tell me that wouldn't be the most tremendous episode where we just like live stream Tom Cruise, you know, yeah, getting blasted off. Yeah, there you go. That'd be cool. That'd be, that'd be fun. Well, so there you go. Maybe what I would encourage everyone to think about is what's something similar, you know, something you used to do, something you should get back to kind of a love. I think my greatest commentary special scenes uh, special features experience was the extended edition of lord of the rings with peter jackson i've always thought it was remarkable that tolkien basically spent his entire life creating what he called the secondary world you know he created the languages he created the thousands of years of history it's so rich and so detailed that nobody today that writes a piece of fiction is ever going to come close to the sheer wealth of information and detail. Of course, all of that makes it fiendishly difficult to adapt into any sort of movie. You know, I have all of the extended editions on, on DVD, and there's like discs upon discs of extras. And I watched a good 75% of those those extras, and it was pretty incredible. So, you know. I think this relates, though, to even my last resolution that we talked about with the uh, VHS beta stuff um, and what we've lost until I pulled those VCRs out and started going through those tapes. I think I had forgotten how much I enjoyed taping stuff, you know, when I was younger, even as a kid, you know, when I was eight years old and throwing in tapes and taping, you know, Ninja Turtles cartoons, like that was a big part of my experience growing up. And it's almost a, a lost art, you know, <laughs> it's, it's this thing, this, it was this beautiful moment in time where, uh, you know, we were able to capture all these weird little things, even by accident, like that HD TV thing. Certainly in 1992, I would have thought nothing of that, but, you know, to find it years later, what a, what a cool thing to have. And it's this part of us that's gone. And, and I have really enjoyed revisiting a little bit and i i want to force myself i think you know to to dive into it even more because it is something like that and i think yours is, is very much similar like these things are still out there they still exist they still make them maybe to a lesser extent but because 99 percent of the time I, mean, I don't remember the last even blu-ray i've bought it's been a few years and so like we're just because everything is so easy access we're denying these other little simple pleasures that were always there before. And uh, I, I think that's a really, really cool resolution. I'm, I'm excited to, to, to hear all about it. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to hear about your, your, I want to hear about your afternoon with Tom Cruise. That's right. Tom and me, you know, I'll be Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So you have one more, you have one more resolution. What have you got for us? Well, mine is is also very related to this, and that is that I, well, I'll say this. You said something to me maybe a year ago or so, and we were just talking about all this stuff that, you know, we want to experience. And I don't mean like, like, yeah, there's a, like, I definitely want to travel the world. There are real things that I want to experience, but pop culture is also a, a, a really important part of my life. And there's so much pop culture that, you know, we haven't had the time to experience. And you'd said something like, basically, like, 
basically that life is just too short and I don't have enough time and I want to cram as much of this stuff in before I die. Like I want to, you know, I want to experience, you know, much. I want to see all these movies. I want to read all these books. I want to listen to all this music and I want to just cram as much of it in. And I, I took that to heart. I really have thought about that a lot over the last year. Mm-hmm. So my final resolution is I want to just take a, two or three hours for myself every week and watch a movie that I've never seen. Um, and there are a lot of movies that I can, I mean, I have like, you know, I can, I can have a list. I could, I could just write out probably 50 movies this year that I know I want to see, but you know, it could be, um, it could be a new movie though. I, I really actually do want to focus more on these movies that have been around for, in some cases, decades, like a few months ago, I finally, sat down and watched Citizen Kane, a movie I've wanted to watch my entire life, but had never done it. And I really enjoyed it. The working man and the slum child know they can expect my best efforts in their interests. The decent, ordinary citizens know that I'll do everything in my power to protect the underprivileged, the underpaid, and the underfed. Mother. Is Pop Governor yet? Not yet, Junior. Well, I'd make my promises now if I weren't too busy arranging to keep them. Here's one promise I'll make. And boss Jim Geddes knows I'll keep it. My first official act as governor of the state will be to appoint a special district attorney to arrange for the indictment, prosecution, and conviction of Boss Jim W. Geddes! And after I was done watching it, I was like, oh, well, I've seen it now. Like, I've seen it. I, 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 Maybe I'll watch it again someday, but I never have to see it again. I've done it. Yeah. And so... That's what I want to do. I want to focus on just allowing myself to have some time to sit and enjoy a movie. And, you know, there are, you know, like, I don't know if I'm going to dive into like every movie by every director, but like, you know, Scorsese is one. Like I have seen Goodfellas probably, I mean, probably close to 10 times in my life. It's, It's one of my favorite movies. I love it. And yet there are so many Martin Scorsese movies that I've never seen. Like most of them I've never seen, you know, I've seen Goodfellas. I've seen Casino. I've, I've seen King of Comedy of all things. Have you seen Taxi Driver? I've never seen Taxi Driver. Never seen seen Raging Bull. I've seen half of Raging Bull. Uh Um, Not that I didn't turn it off. I think I turned it on like in the middle and just kind of watched it, but I've, I've never seen the whole movie from beginning to end. Have you seen The Departed? I've not. The the Aviator? (laughs) I have, I have, I have not. Okay. Uh, no, now, I mean most most of these movies. I, I mean, I'm telling you, I've yeah, I've seen yeah. very little Scorsese. I, I I yeah. I mean, you know, you're making me like a man who is longing for lunch, and people keep talking about you know hamburgers and fries and whatever. It's like you're making me go, yeah, yeah. Let's go watch some. Let's go watch some. I think one of the most thought provoking movies I've ever seen is Taxi Driver by Scorsese. I just think about that movie a lot and what it means about America and. Uh, toxic masculinity and and you know you know mental illness and all that there's so much stuff in that one movie alone de niro and bang the drum slowly 
the critics called him a brilliant new talent. After Mean Streets, they said he was a genius. For his performance in The Godfather Part Two, they gave him the Academy Award. Come on, man. Just get me out of here, all right? Now, Robert De Niro creates a terrifying portrait of life on the edge of madness. Tabby, just forget about this. It's nothing. Taxi Driver, a film by Martin Scorsese. I love Casino, though, by the way. That's a really good one. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you've seen Casino. That's I've seen Casino, and I've, and I've seen The Irishman, too. I have seen that. Oh, yeah, but Irishman. I, 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 I mean, they, they all go together. Irishman, Casino, uh, and uh, Goodfellas all go together. That's like a trilogy. It's, it's, it's like, it is like a trilogy, really. And, uh, yeah. and, and you know, and I think, but, you know, I, I've always kind of gravitated towards me. I grew up in Jersey, so, like, yeah. Yeah, you right. know, the, the Sopranos is a religion there. And it's, you know, there's this, you know, there is a uh, idol worship of, of mobsters and gangsters okay. and... Right. It's very, you know, idealized. Um, so, uh, you know, Goodfellas was, it was a huge movie for me uh, going way back. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I probably saw them. I mean, I was probably way too young to see it. I probably saw it like, you know, not, like when it came to video. I didn't see it in the theater, but I definitely saw it as a kid. Yeah, you should have seen that. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, you know, I love it. But, 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 you know, so I want to see some more Scorsese films this year. Tarantino. And Quentin Tarantino is another one. I, I've seen a few of his movies, but there's a lot of them I haven't. Really? Um, really? Oh, yeah. Stanley Kubrick, too. I mean, I, oh. I think the only... Uh, I think the only uh, Kubrick movie that I've seen Doctor Strange is uh, Doctor Strangelove. Doctor yeah. Strangelove. I think that's it. Well, let me know. We'll talk. We'll talk. Uh, yeah, you, yeah. You gotta let me know when you've seen them. So. so I could spend the rest of my year just watching those guys' movies, yeah. and so like yeah. I, I know that that I don't want to do that. I want to kind of you know take a kind of a sampling of a lot Jump of different things. But yeah. you know HBO Max, and, and, and unless they decide to just throw off more stuff who knows what they're even doing they have a lot of classic films on hbo max um i i really like a, a japanese f filmmaker akira kurosawa and if you like like a lot of the old kind of like uh you know you know his historical japanese films like martial arts films uh there's also the swedish film filmmaker ingmar bergman so like there's i think it's vast if you, once you start getting into old films and some of the classics it's just amazing all the stuff you'll find there's also westerns on hbo max and i mean i love westerns so i have a playlist on uh, hbo max of all you know all my favorite movies movies that i want to watch on there and it's a, a huge list there is a lot of stuff on there. Like you said, right now, who knows a month from now, it may all be gone. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what they're doing over there. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, that sounds like a fun, a fun, you know, list. I, I actually, I have a set of a number of Blu-rays that I've purchased in recent years that I still need to get to movies. And, you know, it's maybe it's a matter of just putting them in, right. You know, cause I'm just going to stream something and uh, like, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard of Terrence Malick. Uh, he's a filmmaker and, he has a, a movie called A Hidden Life and another movie called The Tree of Life. And, uh, you know, there's just there's just all kinds of stuff. Yeah, there's a, a Jason Bateman movie I've been wanting to watch uh, uh, called Date Night. Is it called Date Night? Yeah, and it's about how everything goes wrong. It's a comedy. I mean, it's just endless, right? So I, I like your resolution here. I started, I'm sorry, I started laughing because you, I, as soon as you mentioned Jason Bateman, I was thinking of that video you sent me uh, like a <laughs> yeah. week ago of uh, Jason Bateman, uh, was he selling Bibles or something? Yeah, <laughs> it was a very strange, as, along with Abe Vigoda and other people, like, what was it, uh, Glenn Campbell, maybe, I think it was Glenn Campbell? Yeah, Glenn Campbell was in it. Come on, America, discover the book. 
Open up a brand new world So take a peek and let it speak You'll see how life can be Come on America, discover the book Come on America, discover the book Lift your spirits oh so high, high Words so real, words so true Something you can hold on to Come on America, you've just gotta look It's got romance, adventure Mystery and more And it'll take you places You've never been before Heroes and history Action and victory Romance and mystery Discover the book Come on America Come on America Come on America Discover the book It's like this commercial promoting the Bible Yeah And uh and they show Jason Bateman sitting there with his Bible. <laughs> I think that was probably the last time Jason Bateman had re- has read a Bible. That's probably my guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, you gotta you gotta you gotta love when they use kids to uh, to try to you know <laughs> convert the masses. Yeah, feels good. Well, we have one more resolution. It's a resolution for our podcast itself. We've done our personal resolutions, and uh, so we we, we want to share this with you it's it's our pledge to you our listeners what we are going to do as a podcast in the coming year joe what is it well we we've mentioned it numerous times on the podcast so it should be a surprise to no one but we are committing this year to do our rewatch of quantum leap from the beginning and start just having a rap session you know talking about every episode of quantum leap the original series I don't know, maybe we'll get to the new one in a few years, <laughs> if it lasts, if it, you know, I think, it, you know, the new Quantum Leap, uh, which, have you watched it? Have you seen it at all no, yet? No, I haven't. I'm a few episodes behind, but we have watched, um, like, the first six or seven, and it's pretty good. I mean, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's, it's impossible to capture or recapture the magic of an original, but as far as a reboot goes, or a revival, or whatever it is, I mean, we're enjoying it. I think there's... There's enough to keep us sort of guessing. It doesn't quite have the charm, though, of the original. And I think so much of that was because of, you know, just the dynamic between Scott Bakula and Dean Stockwell. I mean, those guys were were incredible. But Quantum Leap has always been one of my favorite shows of all time. So we have been talking about this and we're going to do it. We're going to we're going to start from the beginning of the original series and we want to invite the audience to join us along with that so when we do start this thing you know go on i think uh quantum leap is on a couple different streaming services right now i think you can stream it for free yeah some of the free ones you know yeah so we just want to encourage people to go in and rewatch with us now we have not even discussed this up till now like but what do you think chris should should we set a date oh, no. <laughs> should, we, should we make a commitment when do we want to like you know when do we want to have our first quantum leap episode out yeah, that's tough. It's tough because we have to figure out, you know, are we going to take two episodes at a time? I think one of the things that's held us back is we were thinking of kind of watching a full season, the first season, let's say, and then releasing all those episodes over the course of a couple of months or something like that. And maybe that's the tough part. So, I mean, you know, maybe we can commit ourselves to a few episodes, right? And and then we can say by the end of spring, we'll have at least a like, you know, four episodes out or something like that. I think we should go, we should have Nostalgic Future go on hiatus for the summer, and we do all Quantum Leap for the summer. 
Okay, yeah, we could do that. We could maybe do that. So no other episodes, no other episodes um, during the summer months, and we're only doing Quantum Leap. Right, there you go. And maybe that could be an, our annual thing, is right. We, we tackle a, a season of Quantum Leap every summer, something like that, right? There you go. We haven't quite figured it completely out yet, but expect Quantum Leap content from us this year, unless we totally blow our New Year's resolution. Yeah, you, you know, the, the problem that you maybe... If, if listeners go back, go back to previous episodes, you know, here's what happens. We we have a rabbit hole episode, you know, it, it's the things that we're currently obsessed with or something comes up in the news and it's interesting. It's like, oh, okay, some things have been updated, some things that we've talked about before, like, like Batman and all of those types of things. What you're kind of saying, Joe, is we need to be intentional about making Quantum Leap our rabbit hole. Like that is our rabbit hole. That is what we're going to commit ourselves to. We're not going to be diverted. This is where the resolution comes in. It's like, it's commitment, it's focus. We have to choose it, right? You know, the <laughs> carpe diem, seize the quantum leap, you know? <laughs> so yeah, so there you go. I, I we're, We'll hope to get that to you. And we hope you enjoy, you know, maybe watching it along or rewatching along with us. Yeah. All right. And uh, and maybe maybe we can even have some guests on to join us for rewatches every now and then. Oh man, that would be fun. That'd be great. <laughs> Well, thanks for joining us today with our resolutions. We hope we've inspired someone out there to make some resolutions of your own. Again, you can always engage with us. We will read future resolutions on future episodes if you send them to us. Uh, Joe, as a reminder, you find us on Twitter, pastfuturepod.com, anything else, not .com, but whatever it is. You know you know how Twitter works. You know, you know how these kids do it these days. <laughs> yeah, we're Past Future Pod on Twitter. We're Nostalgic Future Podcast uh, on Facebook, Instagram, everywhere else. Uh, you can email us. Uh, it's Nostalgic Future Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, let us know what your resolutions. We're here. We're like, we are your gurus this year. And we are, you know, this is life changing stuff we're talking about. We're, we want to change your life for the better. Yeah. You, know, you don't have to lose, you know, 70 pounds. You don't have to, you know, quit drinking you need to watch more movies and right listen to more music i mean this is come on people we're you know we're, this this is this is this is easy stuff come on yeah. start with the little things then work towards the big things once you've conquered these then you work on the big stuff next year yeah and we can be your pop culture life coaches yes yes and and you know <laughs> we'll figure out the fee later yeah 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 there will be fees uh, well, thanks so much for joining us today, and uh, we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Nostalgic Future Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line at nostalgicfuturepodcast at gmail.com. We may just read your letter on an upcoming show. Follow us on social media, Nostalgic Future Podcast on Facebook, and at Past Future Pod on Twitter. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review to help support what we do. Until next time, remember, the past is the only way forward. Right now, there's a race for your consumer dollars. Different manufacturers are proposing different HDTV systems. The FCC must decide which system will become the standard. No matter what system wins, it'll cost you money because the TV set you're watching now will become obsolete. It means replacing your television set someday with a new television set, an HDTV television.
and your VCR, and your VCR, and your camcorder. Bob Ross heads engineering operations for KYW3. As the change begins, our station and others will have to transmit two separate signals, one traditional, one HDTV, at a cost of millions. It could be the single greatest technological flop there is, or it's going to be very well received. A lot of people are betting a lot of money that uh, this is all going to work. Um, I don't know. High-definition television. It's coming with high hopes and a high price tag. The only thing for sure, we will not be returning you to your regular programming. Walt Hunter, the news tonight.